What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast episode number three of the Nitro Power Hour. This week, we're going to talk about what's in your pockets, uh, and then we'll get into the day-to-day of a job site superintendent. Uh, just jump right in. You know, superintendent on a project has a lot of responsibility. They've got a lot of things they have to account for, record, monitor, maintain, check, resolve, foreshadow, uh, you name it. And uh, because of that huge amount of responsibility they have, you got to have some tools in order to be able to address and tackle those items as they appear. And some of those items are pretty common among the industry. For everybody in our world of national retailer construction or retail construction and then there's some things that different guys add depending on their preference uh, to their vest or their their arsenal in their pockets um, that help them you know be you know just a little bit better than than the next guy Um, some things are required by companies and then other things are not so it's just having a balance of you know things that don't carry things in your pockets that you're not going to use um, and and don't not carry the things that you're required to use. So kind of a difference. So I think what I'll address first is the things, you know, for us, because I can speak on, on all the way we operate, there's some things that are pretty standard uh, that we expect superintendents to have with them at all times. Uh, the common, you know, through the layers is you're going to need a pair of uh, good shoes, boots, uh, meant for construction, meant to protect your feet, and uh, something that you can spend your whole day in and not kill your legs, not kill your ankles, not kill your your knees and your hips, and 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 get you around. Um, so for boots, you know, some guys like those big old lugged boots where you got crazy traction. Um, and then there's other guys like me. I, I prefer a, a lightweight flat bottom boot and, uh, that gives me the ability to walk on concrete slabs, you know, while we're boring them, it gives me the ability to uh, not leave necessarily a footprint or, and I'm not tracking mud. I'm not dragging mud in the job trailer. I'm not dragging mud into my truck. Um, so I like that flat bottom with just a little bit of tread that's, that's required. Um, but at the same time, you know, not not this big old lug thing that's that's causing me a bunch of hell and extra work for uh, cleaning up the mess I leave. So so a good good boot, uh, which is totally preference. And then jeans, right? We all got to wear some kind of jeans, pants, um, no shorts allowed. And then we got a shirt. Uh, most companies want to have their branding out there, so it may be a polo with the logo on it or a button up, but definitely something with a collar. Um, we are as much as we are knuckle dragging Neanderthals during the daytime and, and, and not necessarily as professional as we should be. Uh, we at least need to, to try and attempt to, uh, present ourselves as that professional type of person. So it's as simple as putting a collar on a shirt then, and the company provides it, wear the shirt. Um, if the policy is no t-shirts and even though the company gives you logoed t-shirts don't wear them 
especially if you're going to be a superintendent on that job, wear a collared shirt, tuck it in, um, look, look, you know, try to look, look the part, right? So, um, at that point, we get into the, the items that everybody should be wearing that we expect. And so you're going to need a hard hat, right? We, we have a hard hat that we give everybody. Um, we have a vest that we give everybody and we've, we've, uh, evolved the vest quite a bit, um, from the, the small, thin, you know, um, little cheap guy where you would, you could tear a hole in it to now we're up, we've upgraded to a Seco style vest, um, which is kind of nice because I, before I got here, you know, nine, 10 years ago, eight years ago, um, I had been running a Seco vest forever and I like that they, they have Velcro over the pockets. So your shit don't fall out. If you're bending over looking at something or you're pulling tape on something, your, your things stay where they're supposed to in it. So good vest. If, if your shit's falling out of your vest and it has a Velcro over the closures, chances are you need to put the Velcro on. So, so just interacting with that vest is, uh, is a challenge some days because we get busy and then next thing you know our our phone drops in between two buildings that are four inches apart and we get really creative on on how we get that phone out of there so even though uh even though we try to give some things to to protect others uh, they don't necessarily work so i've i've launched my phone you know off the top of a building uh, 30 feet down more than once uh and it's because it fell out of my vest because it didn't have a stupid Velcro uh, hook just right. So so it happens. But uh, but our attempt is to get some good vests out there for everybody. They're pretty durable. They seem to last a lot longer. I think I'm, I got my first one here, but I still have my original, you know, after 10, 15, however many years, two vests is, is pretty good. So good vest, uh, good solid vest, a lot of pockets, uh, inside pockets, outside pockets, chest pockets, back pockets, the shitload of pockets so many pockets you can put so much crap in your vest you'll lose it all um but you got your hard hat your vest um safety glasses uh we don't do a lot of things that require them uh most guys running you know just shades anyway sunglasses um but something to keep shit from getting in your eyes uh running road projects i had a pair of safety glasses on i thought they were pretty cool uh and then i ended up getting something in my eye and I had to go to the eye doctor and flip my lids and run the dye, and you know, I ended up scratching my eye pretty good. And so at that point, uh, the style of uh, safety glasses I had, uh, those went right in the fucking trash. And I swore to myself, I'll, I'll never wear those again. And so, so I've got a, a different pair of shades now. Um, I like the type that I have because they have a foam liner around the outside. So it'll keep shit from flying inside uh, or underneath or to the sides, uh, which is how I got mine. It, it shot up from underneath as it bounced off the road. Um, so I, I, I like those. Uh, they're uh, Air Rage uh, by Wiley X makes them. So, uh, which is right down the street from our office, which is a uh, which is interesting as well too. So good, good, good safety glasses uh, can save your eyes. Um, the next item that the guys should have is some kind of ear protection, some ear pro. 
a lot of guys will not think about their hearing through the day-to-day and when you're saw cutting in the middle of the night and you see everybody running those saws has got some ear protection on and and you're in there without uh you're running the risk of getting a little bit of hearing damage if you keep doing that so want to make sure you're you're protecting your ears um i would typically because i didn't like to carry a whole bunch of stuff you know i would and i would make sure i was cognizant of it i would just carry uh, some foam guys in my pocket and a little, a little container um that way if i needed to i could i could pop them in and and uh, at least make some half-ass attempt to protect my hearing of course i pull those out and hop in my truck crank the radio all the way up you know with like five finger death punch so not really sure, <laughs> sure if that was a good uh if it was worth it to put ear pro- earplugs in so at that point you've kind of got the the bases covered um i would also carry a pair of gloves uh depending on on what i was doing you know but typically i'd carry a pair of gloves just because sometimes there's some nasty shit you got to touch or uh things that you know i don't feel like washing my hands all the time and i can just throw my gloves on real quick and and handle whatever i'm going to handle and then move on um so i'd carry a pair of gloves in my back back part of my vest and then uh, the other part of the the things that I would carry as a company required was my iPad, uh, which had a program in it that we could uh, access our plans and uh, specifications. So I'd carry that. I'd mostly run it for the plans, uh, very little with the cloud system or doing any daily reporting. I typically would do that from my phone uh, for the reason was I, I could do it faster on my phone, and with the cloud-based system we have, I could make a phone call from my phone in that application, and then it would log it for me, and I would just have to put in a description of what my phone call was. But I didn't have to put uh, who I called or how long the phone call was. It would, it would log all of that for me, so that was kind of nice. Um, but it definitely something I couldn't do on the iPad. And so it kind of geared me to to do most of my daily reporting in the cloud app system uh, on my phone. And I hate typing, so I could uh, use the talk to text feature and uh, get my daily log pretty well established pretty quickly uh, without with pretty little effort. Um, so having that phone and that iPad, kind of one in the same, but not, uh, but definitely a requirement um, the other requirement that we have for the boys is, and, and girls is uh, tape measure. Y'all need a tape measure. If you're running around a job site and you're managing million, two million, $20 million job, have a goddamn tape measure in your pocket. Okay, Not to have one is foolish, and it's not even ignorant at that point. It's just dumb. Like, we're building things. You need a tape measure. So, so make sure you have one. And not one of them 16-foot piece of jobs. You know, they're junk. Um, 25-footer, 30-footer, have a legit tape measure to to measure legit shit. Um, if you need to carry a 100-footer, they have some pretty small compact version now that you can slip in your vest. Um, I would carry one of those uh, and just in case. You know, I needed to pull pretty far because column lines in a national retailer building are 30, 35-foot, 40-foot in between. And uh, you're not going to get that from a 25-footer. 
So having that hundred footer just to double check some stuff is is key. Um, the other thing that I would carry uh, would be something to write with, right? I'm going to need a pen, um, a pencil, and and something to write on. So you're going to need some paper, notepad, notebook, whatever. Um, I prefer to have multiple types of writing utensil. So I'll have a a scribe. Um, I'll have a, a, a Beck pen. I'll have a Sharpie marker. I'll have a big fat Sharpie. I'll have a super fat Sharpie. You know, the big uh, one-inch diameter guys. I'll have some highlighters, preferably, you know, a lighter color like a, like a yellow and an orange. And then I will have uh, a couple of just uh, pens and, and pencils just kind of hanging out. I, I like the super fat round uh, pencils. They used to be pretty popular. They kind of died off, and everybody went to these jacked-off carpenter pencils that are pain in the ass to sharpen. Um, but those old, fat, round pencils, if I can find them, you know, those are, those are the best because, uh, one, they're big and fat, and then, two, um, you can actually sharpen the damn thing. So uh, a lot of pencil sharpeners, those old-school desktop ones, you, you flip the tabs, you get it to the big diameter, and and you can sharpen them just like any other pencil. Um, but they seem to last a long time. And uh, I don't know why they, they're not popular anymore. But anyway, everybody's into this flat shit. Probably so they can put their logo on it a little bit easier. Um, the other thing I would carry would, would was some first aid stuff. Uh, not required by any means by us, but uh, handy to have, you know, because accidents happen or they can happen. So... Uh, I would carry a face shield to do some CPR and a tourniquet, you know, in case somebody cuts them, but themselves pretty bad. I could at least make an attempt to stop some bleeding. Uh, and I would carry a pair of latex, well, not latex, but I'd carry a, uh, some gloves, some protective gloves uh, wrapped around it with a rubber band uh, so I didn't get in, uh, any blood on me or, or whatever, if that, if that was the case or I needed to use it. Uh, fortunately for me, I, on a job site, I haven't had to use that yet. Knock on wood, but uh, but at least I have it. So uh, there's that. The uh, the other thing that wasn't required that I would carry, um, I would carry a pocket knife. I'd carry um, a Leatherman, and then I'd carry a wrench to uh, mess with uh, fencing if we needed to do uh, panels. If we needed to open panels or move panels or adjust panels in, in temp fencing, I had the ability to undo those panels and, and make those adjustments without going all the way back to a job trailer or um, or trying to find uh, a wrench somewhere in a in a storage container. It's just already in my pocket. So uh, and then a pocket knife. I mean the ends the uh, the uses are endless. So so I'd always carry a pocket knife. Um, something that's not required, but, but something I would carry, uh, I always carried a couple of flashlights and a headlamp, uh, headlamp, you know, if we were doing night, a bunch of night work, it would already be on my hard hat. Uh, I would always carry a flashlight in my pocket anyway, whether it's at work or not. And so I would carry a little guy. Uh, I like Streamlight. They seem to be pretty durable and last quite a bit, you know, battery life. Um, so I'd carry Streamlights, same with my headlamp. I tried cheaper ones. I tried, you know, other kinds. Um, you just get, in my opinion, more value 
uh, brighter light, longer runtime off of Streamlight than than I would a lot of other things. So, so Streamlight was my light. Uh, and then of course we need keys, right? We gotta access things, lock things. Um, so we all need a set of keys. Keys is a job trailer. Keys that we get from when we're putting in doors and and um, hardware sets, you know, depending on or, or padlocks if we've got a lock roll up doors. Um, we're gonna need keys for all that stuff. Gates. Um, I like to have keys to all the equipment. Typically, it's a universal key for a Caterpillar uh, or a John Deere or a Bobcat or, or whatever case. Um, so I would um, have those master keys. It's a pretty good set. It took me a lot of years to build it up. Sometimes I'd have to go buy the key from the dealer. Uh, sometimes I could I would find a key. Sometimes somebody would give me a key. Um, so that's kind of how I built my collection. And, and over the course of time... Uh, people should have a pretty decent set of keys in order to access things. And, and I would use those keys, you know, not to do anything devious, but if uh, somebody parked something in the way and they didn't think about it and we needed it moved, I'd hop on it real quick, fire it up, move it out of the way so other guys could do their work. And, you know, it wasn't, didn't seem like a big deal to me. Usually 99.9% .9 of the time it never was. So, so having keys uh, and access to everything, uh, on your job site is a, a big deal. So, so keys were huge. Um, the other thing that I would keep in my pockets, uh, was a compass. So until I got myself orientated to where I was on the planet, on my project, I would use my compass to help me define where, what direction I was taking pictures, um, what direction I was conveying in my messages when I was writing RFIs, uh, giving direction to guys, things like that. So, so compass was, becomes huge over the course of the project. <clears throat> you get to a point where you're not really using it anymore. Um, so it's, uh, and now that I'm not on the job site, it's something that I need, uh, help with when I do get there, because I don't know North, South, East to West. Uh, I see what the boys are putting in for photos and I still have to have a little bit of description. So when I roll into a job site now that I'm not a super, I am looking to my compass to kind of get me kind of squared up to where uh, when they talk about southwest corner, I know what they're talking about. So uh, the drawings that we have for this particular project aren't orientated in you know, the way I would expect them to be. Uh, so a little confusing for, for some days. So I'm actually writing down. <laughs> the directions uh, uh, on how that building interacts with the planet. So on the plans. Uh, so there's that. And then, um, you know, some oddball things that I would carry would be um, battery backup uh, for my phone, my iPad. I would, uh, I'd carry a lighter, um, have a lock pick kit, uh, an air horn, some upside down spray paint. I'd have some coins, uh, say yes on one side, no on the other side. And then another coin said mercy or no mercy. And sometimes that's how we would uh, make decisions. I would, we'd flip a coin and 99% of the time, you know, depending on the outcome of the coin, it didn't matter. Uh, but it was kind of fun to do anyway, because, uh, at the end of the day, we weren't going to make a decision off of a coin, even though sometimes guys thought we did that. Uh, sometimes the things they were asking us 
the answer yes or no really didn't matter, uh, and but it did to them. And so when you give them a, an answer based off of a coin flip, they start to think you're crazy, uh, which is kind of fun, and uh, it's kind of entertaining. So the uh, the keys, the the first aid stuff, the the eye protection, you know, all those things. It's kind of what's in your pockets and and uh, having that vest and making sure you have it every day is is huge. Um, I would always add to my heart had a, a helmet cam, one for documentation. Uh, nobody was really doing it back then. GoPros were, I think, on version number two and they were big and fat and ugly and I had one of those, and then I had a different kind that was kind of a cylindrical one that snapped on the hard hat pretty good. The audio was great. The video was good, and we would record lots of stuff. Um, we did a whole year on a project um, with a couple of GoPros and a couple of Contours filming every day something um, to where we had enough to almost make a, a full-length featured film, so thousands of hours of videos. It's pretty entertaining to watch when you look back at it. Um, but it also became truth serum for a lot of guys. And so uh, something we never expected it to be uh, ended up helping us, you know, with the day-to-day operation. Because if we were going to go up to a guy and, and talk to him about our expectations and his timeline lining up with our timeline, and he realized that we had that helmet cam on, you know, the question was always, hey, is that thing on? The answer was always yes, whether it was on or not. And uh, some guys got uncomfortable with it. And then most didn't care. And then over the course of time, nobody cared. And so you would get what you were looking for. And to a degree, they quit lying, uh, which was kind of fun. Uh, because it made life a little bit easier to to understand the realities of what they were going through. So then you could plan for it. Because our job's to plan. Um, our jobs to keep moving forward and, and to keep helping people solve their problems. So, um, but that's really it for, for the pockets, uh, and the vest, uh, and how, how they interact with your day, you know, it kind of depends on you. So the day to day on a superintendent should be pretty consistent. Uh, for the most part, there are going to be times where you have, holy shit, nine one ones. Um, but those should be far and few in between. Uh, but at least you'll be prepared when they do happen, you know, an accident. Um, hopefully you got something in your vest that can mitigate, uh, life or death things real quick. Uh, help you do CPR, help you stop some bleeding. Uh, hopefully you have that training you're required to have that first aid training at a basic level. Um, CPR is not required as far as OSHA is concerned in California. Uh, weird, but nonetheless, that's a rule, but we still have everybody get CPR certified. Um, so the day-to-day with the superintendent, you know, you get up in the morning, you put the key in, you head off to the job, and and as you roll up to your project, depending on what time of day it is, you, you typically you should be the first person there unlocking the gate. Uh, if you're not, why? Why are you not? Um, you need to get that control of, you know, starting and stopping the day. You shouldn't have people on your job site without you being there. Uh, some insurances, insurance providers for construction contractors require their staff be on site if other people are on the project. So typically in all cases, 
the first person on the job site should be the superintendent. Obviously, there's accidents. Things happen. You know, things happen that are not your shit. Um, will affect that. But overall, you should be the first person there. And so when you're the first person there, what I would do is I always drove the perimeter, made sure there was no gaping holes in my fence, no crackheads, you know, snuck in. Uh, there was no accidents that that went through and, and wrecked some stuff. So I'd always make sure that I had that perimeter protection still in place. And then if that was cool, I would head up to the gate and I'd unlock, go park, and then I'd go unlock the office, just making sure nothing got broke into. Um, then I'd establish the power, you know, foot breakers or fire up generators or whatever I needed to, um, get that office going. And then, uh, log my emails, get my computer turned on, um, just to check base real quick. Chances are I've already looked at my phone and my emails were, were hooked to my phone. So wasn't really anything to deal with, uh, in a panic attack. Like I didn't need to sit down for an hour and review emails because they're already on my phone. Uh, but I would at least fire it up uh, because some of our clients require us to do certain reporting things, and we had to be in certain programs that were only available on the computer. So, so I at least get that fired up. Um, by that time, you know you're gonna have guys coming to the job site, so you're gonna want to start logging in. Who's coming? How many guys they got? Typically, it shouldn't be a surprise because you're you're making the schedule, so you're telling them to come. Um, so as they're showing up, all you're looking for is who's on your schedule that should be there and then who's not showing up that should be there, right? So um, because you're going to want to do some things if you're finding out that guys you have scheduled to be there to do work are not showing up, you got to figure out why. So is the freeway shut down? Has the coronavirus fucked the whole town up and they're on quarantine um, or didn't you forget to put them on the schedule, even though you thought about it, uh, you never did. And so you're expecting them to be there and they're not cause you never notified them. So there's a lot of different reasons why, why sometimes guys don't show up. So, so you gotta be looking for that. Um, at that point I would get out, walk the trailer or walk out of the trailer, lock up my stuff. Uh, so nobody stole it. I mean, I trust everybody, but I don't. So I just want to maintain my uh, security to a degree. Uh, my my computer had access to a lot of things, uh, contracts, values uh, for contracts, um, you know, just proprietary information. And so I would, you know, put it on sleep mode on my computer and, and I would lock my door and I would go do my walk. And uh, when I would do my walk, I would make sure that guys were where they were working before the day before or they were moving to that new area on the schedule and so I'd have my schedule with me and just be checking it real quick nothing too deep uh, walking around counting guys making sure that crew sizes were appropriate for the the work they were doing and nothing's really had changed from from what I expected it to be and then I would walk that perimeter on the inside that I drove from the outside and I would walk my stormwater elements, um, whether I had a fiber roll or silt fence or an outflow, uh, all the, those BMPs, chances are they hadn't changed since I looked at them the day before, but shit happens and you got to put eyes on it because when you do that report, 
you sign under penalty of perjury and fines and imprisonment that you walked it, you inspected it, and you accurately reported the field conditions when you did your report. Um, so while I'd walk that around the job site, uh, take some photos, right? Because I want to make sure I'm grabbing, you know, what the site is all about, um, what's happening, what does it look like? So that way people that were remote had a good idea of what, uh, what the conditions were, what work was being done, uh, how it looked, was it clean, was it dirty, um, was it organized, and uh, I try not to filter my photos or take them in a way that uh, hid some shit because eventually you're going to get caught if you're trying to hide it. So I would just take them straight up. I didn't care uh, if somebody called me about something because I knew about everything on my job, and so I could give you an answer on why something was the way it was, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. So a lot of photos um, helped later. Seems to be that no matter how many photos you take, there's always one you didn't, and you don't know you didn't take that one until six, eight months, nine months, the job's over, and you're like, shit, I took a photo there, and I took a photo there, but I did not take a photo in between right there. And that's the photo I really want to see right now. So a lot of photos, especially in our cloud-based system, we have no limit. So snap away, boys, snap away. Um, as I identify things in my walk, I'm doing a few things. I'm, I'm looking at my subs. I'm hitting my stormwater. I'm looking for work in place. I'm not going to drag it out but I'm definitely going to mark things that I want to revisit later. If there does appear to be something that doesn't look correct, I don't want to leave it uh, all day, but it may not be that important right now because my, my goal is to do my walk and get back to my job trailer so I can do my uh, owner required items. Cause I want to get those off my plate as quick as possible. Uh, I want them to be accurate and done, but I don't want them to, be in the back of my mind all day because it's just going to fuck with my decisions and I'm going to stress out about not doing it. So I, I like to approach those things pretty quick in the day. Usually try to, my goal was always nine o'clock. Um, and most of the time it ended up being 10, but, but it was still done and, um, and it didn't drag me down for the rest of the day. So, um, uh, marking things, becomes huge uh, so I could follow up later so I'd, I'd walk around I'd be making notes I would uh, not be handwriting those I would put my notes in the daily log uh, typically in the notes section of our daily in the cloud um, and that's me just talking to my phone and and adding that note simply snapping a photo and, and throwing one photo on it just to put some context or a visual to what I'm talking about um, didn't do it in all cases, um, but tried to if it if it actually looked like it might be beneficial for me or someone you know later down the line. So, uh, and then at that point, I'm making humping it back to the trailer. Uh, if I notice some things that could be resolved quickly on my way back to the job trailer, I was picking up the phone calling guys. Uh, at that point, it wasn't a a necessary email to me. Uh, because I wasn't scheduling anything. It was just, uh, hey, you got some trash to pick up or, hey, your 
this doesn't look right. Can you go check it out? I'll come see you later. But at least here's a head start. Uh, something doesn't look right. Uh, I would make those phone calls with my guys on the site. Uh, I wouldn't even waste my time calling their offices unless they, they weren't there. And, and that would be to rustle up, you know, crews and, and get guys on my project that maybe they didn't show up. So that's uh, that would be my walk back to the job trailer. And so once I got back to the trailer, it was uh, kind of figuring out uh, my things real quick. I'd write them on a whiteboard because that's what we had back then. Didn't have all this whatever stuff we have now, the Trellos and and uh, notes. You know, we were kind of, I was kind of not up to speed with uh, the technology piece. So a huge whiteboard. And then I'd write down um, things I wanted to address today before lunch. And then I would jump on my computer and I'd do my only required items, whether it was my stormwater or um, the state stormwater, which was in a binder. And then it, we'd have to scan and upload that to our cloud system. So uh, admin would help me with that if, if I had one. If not, I would just do it myself, whatever. Um, so at that point, I'm, I've almost got my daily done. Um, at least the manpower's in it. Some phone calls have been made. There's fo- some photos. I've done my stormwater. Um, I've done my reporting. I've taken photos of the job site as the conditions are. I've called my subs. I've looked at my schedule. Um, I've verified something along the lines as uh, the final product going in, if I could. Um, at that point, I would update, you know, through my conversations with subs, you know, like, hey, where's your guys? Well, they'll be there at nine. Well, by then, I'm back to the trailer, and if they're there, I'd add them to the band power. I'd uh, put in the note what they were doing, and then I'd adjust their time for the day because uh, you're not going to get a credit for an eight-hour day when you show up two hours late. So I would adjust that time and that, that manpower count. Uh, and it would take two seconds to do that. So then at that point, seeing what I would have and where we are going, I would update my schedule uh, because the schedule really changes day to day. And even though we had meetings once a week, I was updating that guy because uh, – when it came time to have that meeting or I wanted to have an impromptu meeting, I had a pretty accurate schedule with the adjustments. You know, if we could move something up or pull something back, um, I had it at my fingertips. So I, I would spend that 10, 15 minutes just to, to tweak my schedule, to add some things to it if I needed to. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much it. It was just, uh, just one of those day-to-day things that, that I just did every day. And then at that point, you have items that we don't necessarily uh, purchase. Uh, so I would reach out and, and touch base if I had things, and, you know, two weeks out, one week out, or coming this week. I would just follow up and say, hey, from the original email they sent me, like, we're going to deliver on the 30th. So I'd grab that email and say, hey, are we still looking good for the 30th? Because I've got guys coming from two states away, and I want to make sure that nothing's changed so when I update them they'll have their guys you know here and available to receive this material and those those emails you know they seem like a pain in the ass but they're really valuable when it comes to coordinating with your subcontractors and keeping your your project on schedule so that may take you 
10 minutes, it may take you an hour. If you do it a little bit every day, the time frame it takes you to do it is pretty small. Um, and you don't email that person every day, <laughs> you know, use some common sense and, uh, and, and some foreshadowing and think about what information you would want to have, you know, when you're, when you're asking those, uh, questions and, and trying to finalize those deliveries and, and, uh, shipments. So, so then at that point, if I had new contractors showing up, um, uh, I would grab their contract or pull it up and I'd read their scope and I've already had read their uh, specification sections and I've already looked at the plans cause I scheduled them. And if I didn't schedule them, you know, that was kind of dumb on my part, but it, but it was been known to happen. You know, you can't remember everything. And so I'd run through the spec one more time. I'd run through the plans one more time. I'd get them on the phone. We'd talk about the scope and my expectations, which was pretty much what was on the plans, specs, and uh, the contract. And then I would just give them a start date, pretty pretty far out, heads up if I could. But nothing like, uh, hey, I need to hear tomorrow shit. Um, tried to eliminate that a lot. And so that that looking forward all the time, messing with your schedule, looking at the big overall schedule on the wall uh, can really help you avoid those holy shit 911s. Um, so, so I would do that. I'd spend some time just calling, touching base with people two weeks out, three weeks out, four weeks out, five weeks out. Uh, and I didn't do it every day, but uh, at least once a week, uh, depending on who the subs were. And, and how far they had to come, you know, to, to help me and, and do my, uh, my work on my, on my job or the work I needed them to do. That was their work. How about that? So, so at that point you've, you've really tackled a whole bunch of things and it's not even lunchtime. So I would typically lock trailer, go grab some food. And, uh, depending on what I wanted to do, if I wanted to do something extra, I would take it to go, come back, eat in a job trailer, and then I would commence my afternoon regimen, which was uh, checking people's shit. So the rest of my day was dealing with, with uh, resolving issues, finding ways to speed things up, uh, checking work in place, uh, a lot of tape pulling, a lot of plan reading, a um, lot of... Uh, getting kind of everybody's business, you know, seeing who was who, what they were doing, if they had the right material, looking in their boxes, um, making sure they were counting inventories on things. If, if we were getting deliveries, um, walking with inspectors, pre pre-checking everything that I could to try to avoid and, and, and shake out any issues so that tomorrow I didn't have any bullshit. And so, uh, some days were great not a lot of things, you know, pulling tape, checking things, everything's pretty good. And then there's some days where everything you touch is, is complete dog shit and a dumpster fire. And you end up spending a lot of time trying to resolve some stuff. And so I got to the point where if there was an issue, uh, I would deal with it directly right now, as opposed to moving on to find more issues. And, um, and I did that based on my schedule. So, uh, things that were needed to finish this week, those were the things I was trying to resolve right now so they could still finish this week 
as not to affect the guys next week that, that followed them, uh, like a framing issue. I didn't want my framing issues to go into next week, um, whether, you know, depending on what they were, to fuck up my electrician or my plumber or, or, uh, or my T-bar guy or whatever, you know, whatever trades we're following. So the schedule kind of helped me prioritize my, my issues um, on how I was going to tackle them and resolve them. And then I didn't try to tackle them by myself. Um, subs, right, no RFIs, at least crafting them, getting them started. Um, or foreman, you know, pulling out, you know, something that they were doing and, and putting it in the correct location. Um, typically, I was checking layouts, so things are going to be in the right spot anyway because I had walked that the, the day before or days before. And so... Um, the, the corrections we usually had to make were pretty minor. Um, we But if we did have a panic, it was because somebody wasn't listening or they were not honest uh, about things when, when we were interacting with uh, with checking on things and and or they were trying to sneak in uh, the wrong material or the wrong um, type of material um, because maybe they didn't understand what they were looking at, even though they said, yeah, I got it. So anyway, those checks, um, become critical to the, uh, the schedule and your sanity uh, and everybody's sanity. So, uh, at that point to close out the day, um, if I didn't have any issues with, with too much stuff, uh, I would grab whoever was with me. If I, there was another superintendent, we'd walk, um, and kind of explain to each other what we did, what we accomplished, where we're going to go, what we're going to do, uh, what the plan is for tomorrow, what we didn't resolve today that we need to address in the morning. Um, and typically there was always something, uh, but it was pretty minor and we could usually pick it up, you know, in that job walk or that, uh, initial morning time conversation. Um, and then at that point, you know, we're, we're locking up trailer, we're hemming up our notes uh, that we did all day throughout the day. Every time we interacted with somebody, we're making a note about what they did. We were taking photos throughout the course of the day. And, uh, and then at that point we'd, we'd head to the job trailer and tie up whatever loose ends we had, just our list and, uh, and start shutting things down. So we'd publish uh, the daily for the day. Um, we'd, uh, hypothesize for an hour or so about what we were going to do tomorrow or the week. And, uh, sometimes in those conversations, uh, we would have the, oh shit moments. I forgot to order something or I forgot to call this guy. And so, you know, we would address it really quick in an email or whatever, but by having that afternoon conversation, uh, becomes really important one for, uh, you to get checked by someone else that accountability because you're going to the ideal you're accountable to yourself first and then if you have somebody else that you're sharing it with then you're going to be accountable to them they're going to they're going to want to make you accountable for your actions just like you're going to want them to be accountable for theirs and so it's kind of a good thing like hey bro you missed that oh shit you're right damn or hey i forgot to do this and, and being able to deal with it because we all know on job sites there are fucking issues all day long and not to say that they're bad, but they just exist. So whether they're human created or material created or vendor, supplier or client, 
uh, or developer created or city or the public creates an issue. Um, there's a million things that can create issues and, um, we just have to deal with them. Uh, but to say there's not at the end of the day, when you put publish on your daily log, um, we know you're full of shit. So it's okay to say good, good and bad things. We know they exist. So, so having that honesty and accountability and integrity in your, in your daily log is huge because, um, should there be an issue later on, it's, uh, important that we can go to that thing and, or somebody else could go to mine and, and know that if we put that in there, then that's what it is. And we could back it up with a photo, a video, uh, multiple notes from other people, emails, uh, may, it would make all the difference in the world. So that, that accurate daily reporting, uh, has huge things. Um, on some projects, there are things that we do at, that we can get reimbursed for because they're a change order to the client. And so a lot of times we look to those daily logs. Um, to see, you know, how many hours was invested by our team to do this particular item. And then that becomes my backup for my change order uh, to the client to solve or provide a solution to whatever the, the change was that they had us do. So, so those daily logs become huge. Um, and that hypothesizing together with your teammate uh, becomes huge too because we always tried to make tomorrow better than today and and next week better than the week before. So trying to, to evolve and learn from our mistakes, uh, that became huge. So so that interaction uh, at the end of the day was, was a big part of being successful. And, and I highly recommend that everybody does that, whether you're with somebody that uh, you like or not. Uh, we have conflicting personalities, at least to try to have that professional uh, conversation and coordinating because I feel that everybody gets up in the morning to come to work to do a good job. And different people have different skill sets and different people have different levels of experience. And I think that those all come together on a job site and can have value. Um, I like working by myself quite a bit, um, just because I'm honoring, but I also enjoyed being with other people, uh, because it was a good reminder. I didn't, I could relax my brain just a smidge, uh, in one aspect to where I wasn't worrying about everything, but then my brain worked over time, um, on the other side of it, because I was trying to worry about everything to teach somebody something. And I definitely had a, a, a elevated, portion of my my third part of my brain um, because I didn't want to miss anything and so a lot of people I think have that same uh, struggle is we all pride's a powerful thing nobody wants to be wrong we always want to be right and we don't want to fuck things up and I think that we go beyond sometimes in in trying not to fuck things up that we forget you know or there's, there's so much stuff happening that we didn't write that note. We didn't log that guy. We didn't do this piece. And then pretty soon, if we continue down that road, the days start to be a challenge. So anyway, it's just compartmentalizing some of that stuff, breaking it down on a whiteboard, identifying what's priority and what's not at the end of the day for tomorrow. Um, that becomes huge because sometimes priorities for the job 
are are completely different than the priorities that a person has for their day to day. And so, uh, it's it takes some time to figure out how those things uh, get worked out. Uh, but the more you're on a project, especially with these national retailer contract uh, clients, you uh, you start to understand you know the different levels of priorities. So so you have your your safety. Of course, you want everybody to stay alive. You have your uh, environmental peace. You don't want to pollute the environment. And then you have your uh, the work, you know, and your and your documentation for for what that work is. So anyway, priorities are different. It's all based on opinion, uh, and it's based on the client's needs. But but at the end of the day, that talking amongst two superintendents or or uh, uh, an assistant, a super, or whatever it may be, um, that becomes a big deal. So uh, because those things need to be every day the the level of uh consistency should start to be automatic over the course of that that project time year career and that starts building into your expectations uh of your job site and how you reflect those expectations uh turn into uh perception from other people and then ultimately that that starts shaping your job site career reputation um, and so can get really hairy um, if you're inconsistent with your reporting if you're inconsistent with your uh, daily walks if you're inconsistent with your quality control checking or meet weekly meeting scheduling and because your meetings aren't happening on the same days or the same time um people start looking at you for you know what they what their perception is not what you think you're doing so uh, we all struggle with that um me being a superintendent for so long i had a pretty good uh idea of how i wanted things to go i had a pretty set regimen of of things on how they went throughout the day and how I address them and then the time I allotted for each one. Uh, and then as I filtered out of the field into a, an office capacity, I am, I feel like I'm starting at the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm slowly but surely I- identifying uh, how those priorities work um, through the months, how those days of the month are important for certain pieces uh, whether it's billing or a weekly update, um, a lot of things I still struggle with because I'm I'm helping probably more than I should with my field staff um, because they are a little bit green, and but I think I need to. And then uh, I'm not necessarily doing some of the stuff I need to be doing, and uh, I end up working a little bit longer hours, and I still fall short sometimes. So. Um, prioritizing for me is is my I don't want to say my new year's resolution because I think as soon as we make a resolution we we don't do any of it so the challenge that I have to myself is is getting my priorities established um trying to con- modify deflect control whatever word you want to use to um keep 
everything as consistent as possible so it can be repeated effectively and, and trying to keep things simple for the guys in the field. Um, having a basic understanding of, of what things are required on a basic level. So at least those things for them and for me and for the subs are accomplished every day. And then for when, when those things are accomplished and I can pull back then, and I start seeing those more then then I will probably be more effective in my, uh, my role as a, as like a project manager. So that's my goal. We'll see. We'll see how I do. Uh, we'll talk about it towards the end of the year, I suppose. Um, the thing that also need to figure out, um, as well as, as the guys in the field is, um, how much time does it take to do all of these things? You know, don't get caught up in these conversations, shooting the shit. What's up? I was fishing trip. Like it's important to have those relationships, but don't let them uh, steal your time throughout the day to where you're putting in a 15 hour day and you probably should have solved everything in about seven hours. Had you not bullshitted about fishing or hunting or race cars or dirt bikes or whatever fuck hobby somebody has. Um, or you guys were talking about the last job you did. So we're only good as the last thing we did. And we're only as good as what we're doing now. So it's important to have those focused efforts into what we're tackling at the moment. Um, and then at the, at the, to close this out, you know, because there's issues every day, there's bad things that happen. Um, the good is required. The bad is not. And so we get into this focus of, of looking at the bad or dealing with the, the, the negative. Um, you want to give yourself positive, you know, things that happen through the daytime. So you're, when you hit send on your daily, um, make sure you have some positive things, make sure you have some negative things or, or don't make sure, but if there are, if they appear, um, uh, but don't, don't hide something just because. So, um, I think that's it for for this episode. Um, the what's in your pockets and the day to day responsibilities. I think it's it's pretty simple uh, on a thirty thousand foot flyover, as some people say. Uh, but I know getting caught in the weeds um, with everybody is pretty easy to do. So just be cognizant of uh, what the goal is, what your timelines are. And who is going to help you achieve those goals and then and then try to filter out or reduce those people that are are just there to screw with you because um, you do you don't want to be fighting amongst a bunch of goofy guys that are just there to to kind of mess with you or or they're dragging out their days because they get paid by the hour and the longer they're there the more money they make um, you don't need that shit either so so keeping everybody working, keeping them moving forward, big deal. Uh, probably one of the top things to do. Um, but don't be so helpful that you sacrifice doing what your company requires you to do because everybody else in the office and beyond, including yourself, we're, we're all counting on you. Um, so make sure you're grabbing those dailies and, and you know what's going on in your job. So... Till next time, good luck, everyone. Uh, stay safe. <laughs>